Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is February 16th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great week, a great day. Uh, hopefully yearning for, for warmer weather, but I guess we'll take it here. It's funny, actually, after last episode, uh, when I told people to message me or tweet at me where their location, where they listen to, if they're outside the Northeast, I got a lot of good, uh, responses from people, which was cool to hear where people are listening from. And that's what they want to continue. If you listen from outside of the Northeast, let me know. I'd love to hear. There were some California ones, uh, Saskatchewan. So good to hear that we're all over the map. I like that. Uh, always a good thing. It's fun. I'm in Boston, so I love to dream about other places, even if it is cold Saskatchewan or <clears throat> Northern California, which uh very nice place, obviously. So continue that. Uh, always fun to hear. Um, and so on this episode, I had Connor Ryan on, and we got into David Pasternak moving down with David Krejci, uh, what that means, what to expect, uh, how fast does Cassidy pull the trigger on moving Pasternak back up with the first line. We got into that. We also got into um, a huge development with this team that we saw Friday night against the Rangers. Um, <clears throat> it, was, it was a game that I think has a lot of big meaning going forward. And it was a turning point game. And we get into why that was so big and how this Bruins team looks a bit different from Bruins teams in the past, at least Bruce Cassidy Bruins team. So we got into all that stuff uh, in this episode. Before we get into the episode, first, I want to say thank you for all the support on the, on the Bruins Rankside YouTube channel. Continue to go uh, subscribe and support the channel. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. It's grown very, very quickly in a short amount of time. So let's continue that. Uh, that has been awesome. That has been awesome. It's so fun also just interacting with you guys in the comments. Uh, you guys have some great points. Uh, so it's great to be able to see here and reply to those. Um, and then also I got to uh, tell you a little bit about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Uh, football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything, almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get on the action. Don't forget that promo code, CLNS50, to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, as I said, your online sportsbook experts. Shout out to me, actually. I used Bet Online for the Super Bowl. I mean, I always use Bet Online, but I 
bet more than I normally would because it was the Super Bowl. I went six for six on bets. Shout out me. Yeah, pretty good. Not too bad. So go to bet online now. Use that promo code CLNS50 to get that 50% welcome bonus. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, nothing much. What's going on with you? Nothing much. I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling 22. Just turned oh, 22. Wow. Big deal. Just turned 22 on Saturday. So, uh, feeling just happy the, birthday to me. Just think when we first started doing these pods, it felt like you were 12 and just time is, time has just flown by, right? I'm 14 now. I, I've yeah. grown up. I think I, no, I covered my first Bruins game at 19. I was, I was a youngin. I was, I mean, I still look pretty young. I actually just shaved before I came on. So people who are watching on YouTube are like, wow, you still look really young. So me with a beard, obviously, I look, look like I'm 47, but yeah, of course, uh, of course, of course, you know, just, it's just, it's the lighting. It's the lighting. Of um, course. But yes, fun, fun birthday on Saturday. Um, it was a good time. Uh, happy to be back, you know, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun day, you know, pretty quiet, you know, obviously COVID and stuff. So, uh, nothing. Nothing too major. Nothing, nothing uh, too outlandish. No, no, well nothing behaved. too outlandish. Well behaved, very well behaved. Uh, but at any rate, uh, Bruins do not play until Thursday, uh, which is a while from now. Obviously, yes. it's on Tuesday. Um, so this is not one of those episodes where you have to say, "Oh, you know, this is game Monday night. We did, we recorded before it, so we don't know what happened." There's none of that. There's, we right. there's not one until Thursday. So, uh, but on Mondays at Monday's practice, uh. Cassidy uh, moved Pasternak with Krejci and DeBrusque up with Marshawn and Bergeron uh, for the top six. Now, we have been saying this for a while, that this is something that they should do uh, for an extended period of time. Maybe not forever, but at least for, you know, a couple games, see what comes of it, because the second line's not producing. I- is this going to work? Uh, I mean, at this point, I think it's probably the best bet. Like, at this point, it's harmless even just to try it for a few games, like, We've seen it happen in the past where Cassidy has switched it like in the middle of a game. We haven't really seen it before where it's like, all right, we're going to see them in practice. We're going to test it out and go into a game with uh, Posternick skating exclusively with Krejci. So that in itself is a step forward, you know, in terms of like we're at least going to see how they look, hopefully for a full game and go from there. And when you look at it, right, like, you know, maybe you sacrifice some of the assured offense you would get from Mashin, Bergeron, and Posternick, but if this is just a short-term thing where potentially you get Jake DeBrus going where he's with, uh, where he's with Bergeron and, and Mashand, you get Pasternak going a little bit with Krejci, or at least getting both those guys going a little bit more. Uh, Krejci, you know, it's funny. He has, I think like 11 assists, 10 or 11 assists in 14 games, but it seems like it's been like a quiet kind of offensive production, uh, for Krejci so far. And Pasternak, for as hot as he was to stop, has been pretty quiet the last four games. I don't think he has a, a goal in four games, which that shows you just how Pasternak is, right? He hasn't doesn't have a goal for four games. People are, are bugging out about it, but trade him, uh, trade him to Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, yeah, I think for just the short term, what do you really have to lose in this situation? Like the the best ter- you know, best case scenario, you get DeBrus going, get Krejci going, Pasternak gets on a roll. Um, it's not like you're losing Pasternak with Marchand and Bergeron when they're on the power play. So, um. You know, if it's a short-term fix, then just go for it. Because right now, I don't know who else really slot in on that right side. I mean, you put Craig Smith up there before, and he's been okay with Krejci, but I think they really want to keep him with 
Charlie Coyle and, and kind of go from there. Um, and with Andre Koch out and still not really having a set time on when he's going to be back, then why not, you know, slot into Brusque there with Bergeron and, and kind of go from there? Because if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but at least you're exploring all your options before doing what they usually do, which is keep that first line, which is a buzzsaw, and then the second line's kind of, you know, lost in the, the mix where you're not getting a lot of five-on-five five traction. So can't hurt them to do it, even if it's just for a couple of games. Yeah, what's what's the hurt in this? Like, your, your, your record's great. You're doing well. You know, obviously, you're coming off that one loss. The Bruins right now cannot beat the Islanders to save their lives, which tough. But as Ty Anderson said, you know, if that means going undefeated against the rest of the division, then I guess you win in a way. Yes. Uh, but, but you know, I, I do think that that this is, you, you know, Krejci and Poshnok have a good history together. Bergeron and Marshawn have a good history of, of working with different types of wingers. Riley Smith, uh, they had Brett Connolly for a little while a few years ago. You know, they, 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 can, they can work with these other guys, uh, and especially with a guy like DeBrusque, who back up there to start the year, or he was up there at the beginning of the year a little bit. Um, and I don't, it wasn't, you know, this crazy great experiment. It didn't go amazing, but, um, at least it got DeBrusque more involved because right. like, you know, the, one of the big consistents through the start of this season is, uh, and you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but that Krejci second line is not kind of standing out in any way. They're not um, having, they haven't had a game yet where they have a bunch of points or been these like big producers or, or like willed the team to a win. Um, and I do think that. That, you know, throw Poshnok down there. What, like, what, we've always said this. What, what's the big deal with that? What, what, do, you know, the worst is you spread out the scoring a little bit, uh, right. which is, I think, something that they would like to do. Um, but yes, I'm excited to see how that works out. And I think it's also great that they're going to have, uh, three practice days before, uh, to get kind of guys, those guys acclimated together. Um, and then they have Tahoe as well. So having them, you know, again, Cassie just needs to not be so trigger happy. You know, just just let him be. Let him stay together for a game or two, maybe even three. If we're feeling feeling frisky, uh, and put them together, and uh, and and I think that that uh, will work itself out. Another thing I want to get to, and this came from Saturday's crazy game against the Rangers, uh, which was just an old school, old time hockey type thing. I mean, I was I was pressed. I thought Trent Frederick was about to hop in the stands and you know beat a there was no fans. He'd have to beat like a, a security <laughs> punch, guard with a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just punching the seats. The cardboard cutouts. Yes. Just going over the cardboard cutouts, just letting one have it, you know, just beating it up. Um, but there was a big – my biggest takeaway from that game, because I think that's a game that we'll look back on uh, at the end of every season or every good season. There's always that one or two games in the regular season where you look back and you go, that's where it all began. Now, I'm not saying that that – like if they win the cup, I'm going to look back at that night and go, oh, that was the night that they won the cup. But I will say for the first time in maybe Bruce Cassidy's time as coach, um, unless I'm forgetting a game. Uh, well, actually, I'll start, I'll start like this. Uh, there was a game last year against the Capitals right before Christmas, if you remember. Yep. There were many brawls. There were many fights. Many guys were targeted. Grizzlick left with an injury. I think Crew got injured as well. McAvoy got crushed. McAvoy got crushed. Wilson went at Pasternak. It was a whole big thing. And I remember the big takeaway from that game was nobody stood up for anybody. There, I mean, there were like fights, but no one, there was no one on the ice who could properly stand up for another person. And it was clear. And I think that was one of the games that made them go out and get a guy like Nick Ritchie. Um, and I remember, I don't know if Brett Ritchie played in that game, but I, I, I don't remember him yeah. doing a thing. If he was in the lineup, someone can probably remind us on Twitter. I, I don't really remember. It doesn't sound like a deal. Don't go looking through lineup sheets. Um, 
But for the first time, they looked like they could stand up for themselves. Because you remember that night uh, on Saturday, Saboral gets hit up high. Uh, Corrali got hit from behind. There were some borderline plays. And you had Lozon standing up to Buchnevich. You had uh, you had Trent Frederick going against Brendan Lemieux, and even after getting jumped, being able to you know fend for himself. You had, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought McAvoy's, he was going to go for round two after they were going to get out of the box. That was Look, the thing. I, I bet Frederick probably would have wanted it, but yeah, that was the thing. I was surprised that that didn't come to fruition. They were on the ice together a bunch after too, and they didn't do it. Um, but maybe that's for next time. I mean, they play exactly. each other enough. Um, you know, you had McAvoy standing up for against Truba. It wasn't really a fight, but still did. <laughs> They look bigger and they look stronger and tougher than they maybe have at all during Cassidy's time as coach. This team looks pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the more encouraging things about it too is that it, you, you're you're getting other guys injected into the lineup who are taking on those roles. Like I look at, you know, that that Capitals game last year is a good example, but also that game against Columbus. Uh, where Rash got concussed uh, really early in that game, took that elbow down low. And I don't think there was uh, really a huge response. Like I, I feel like maybe the Bruins were trying to like initiate some fights, but the, the Blue Jackets weren't doing anything. But they caught – I remember after the game, they caught a lot of flack for it, right, that – standing up for, you know, their teammates and all that. And I think the next game they played was against the Penguins. I think that's a game where I think Krug fought Hornquist. Yes. So, but that's also a situation where, like, you know, of course, like, yeah, like Tory's, Tory Krug's going to stand up as a veteran guy and kind of protect his teammates. Um, but also, I think for the Bruins, you don't want your star guys to be the guy who's dropping the gloves, right? You don't want Marchand to be fighting La Zeller, or you don't want. You know, oh, my God. I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't want, you don't want Krug to be, you know, fighting a guy like Patrick Hornquist. So I think you're seeing this year, especially where, some of these younger bodies or these new additions are stepping in and taking on those roles. So of course you've got, you know, guy like McAvoy who's sent up for a teammate, but uh, adding a guy like Lozon who clearly can hold his own a uh, guy like Frederick, who's built quite a reputation already, Nick Ritchie, um, you know, you sprinkle those guys across the lineup who are all status, who are guys that it's not like you're, you're adding these like, you know, fourth line goons who come in every once in a while to fight guys. Like you have just, guys who are playing consistent minutes every night who can step in and take on that role and not have to ask for a, you know, a stop player to, uh, you know, scrap down low or do anything like that. So I think that's the biggest difference. You just have guys injected in the lineup all over that can kind of step in, you know, it's not like, you know, when they signed Kevin Miller, I think we all, one, we're skeptical if he was going to even play, but two, we're like, all right, he's just going to be the guy that's going to go in there and beat the shit out of everyone. And he's had one fight, but it's not like he's a guy who's, got to be the guy that answers for everyone, right? Like you're seeing Lozon and, and Richie and all these other guys step up, which is encouraging to see because you can't just have the same guy drop the gloves every night, right? Like it's not – it's not like the 80s and 90s with these goons who are just the, the called-upon guy. Uh, you're seeing a whole bunch of guys step in. I think that's why the collective identity of the Bruins uh, has been encouraging this year in terms of, you know, they're, they still play stingy defense. And they've got a lot of guys buying in on, you know, protecting each other and – uh, you know, uh, answering, you know, with physicality when necessary. And I think that's probably been the most encouraging thing so far. And Kevin Miller set the tone from the beginning uh, with the Miles Wood stuff. Went right after from the next game, first shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, and you had Trent Frederick uh, against P.K. Subban kind of goading him 
that whole time. It was also nice to hear the other night when, uh, I think it was after the Rangers game, Cassidy was asked, you know, do you ever have to rein Frederick in a little bit? Do you ever have to tell him like, Hey dude, like chill out. And yeah. Cassidy was just gave a stern. No, yeah, no, the dudes, he, he is, he is disciplined. He is fine. Um, and it's, I think it's encouraging to see, uh, the Bruins kind of, you know, we always make fun of the Bruins needed another enforcer type crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. but it was never, you know, like we always, I, you know, you didn't want them to go out and get like a Sean Thornton or like a Zach Ronaldo. Obviously Thornton was great, but I mean, in today's NHL, right. a guy like Thornton really wouldn't last, uh, or like a Zach Ronaldo. That was pointless, but, but a guy who can stand up for himself, Trent Frederick, um, Jeremy Lozon. I mean, Jesus, the kid mm. can fight. Um, you know, there's, there's a few of these guys sprinkled throughout the lineup who can protect themselves and, and go after the team, can agitate. Uh, Nick Ritchie, if you need him to, uh, which he was actually not involved really at all in uh, any of the fights the other night, uh, but he has no problem, you know, dropping the gloves, uh, so to speak. But this hits in a bigger point. Um, you know, you look at them against the Blues in, in 2019, the big thing was they got pushed around. Um, you look at them against the Lightning in 2018 and then in this past summer in 2020, they got pushed around. They were too small. They weren't, you know, they couldn't keep the Lightning out of the middle of the ice. They couldn't get to the middle of the ice against the Lightning's defense. I saw Court Lalonde tweet this, um, and I just tried to find the tweet just now while you were talking. I freaking couldn't find it, but whatever. Uh, he tweeted something to the effect of, this is the best, uh, this team is built better than the 2019 team that went to the cup. And it got me thinking, is this better than the team that went, or is, are they built better? You know, what is it? Are, are they better or are they not better? I know it's too, it's very early, but like low key, he might have a point there. I mean, I think if you look at overall depth, maybe, but I think also you need to see guys take uh, continued steps forward. Like, I think Lozon is a good example of a guy who I think has gotten better and better as the year has gone on. So if he keeps on building his game into being a, you know, a, a shutdown guy, a PK guy, um, if Trent Frederick, who I think has been one of the bigger surprises this year, if he continues to build his game where he adds more offense to supplement all the other things, positive things he brings, whether it's toughness or drawing penalties or just agitating guys, like it's great that he's doing that right now. But if he adds, you know, if this was, let's say it's a full 82 game season, if he added like 25 points on top of what he brings, be massive, right? right? Um, you know, you look at, is Kasha going to come back healthy? Of course it comes back healthy. Like there's a lot of different factors that weigh it, but if, you know, the way these, this Ross is assembled, like, do they need probably one more guy maybe on the blue line? I would say so. Like, I think they'd probably have to take a look at who's out there uh, ahead of the deadline, but look elsewhere. Like it's funny we say it now on, on a day where they're breaking up the top line to balance up the scoring, but this team has more depth. <laughs> than ones in previous years where, uh, you know, even though guys aren't capitalizing right now, you're really seeing, like, the pieces in place that hopefully are, are turning. Like, you look back at that team in 2018-19 before they had Coyle, like, that third line, like, it's hilarious watching, like, just the first three-ish months of the year, just that third line was just a, a black hole. You had nothing driving that line any single time. Um, so, yeah, I think probably this team is deeper than that team. It just – whether these, you know, these new pieces continue to build on their games. Cause if they do, then I think you got something cooking there because uh, this team has the personnel that if all clicks in place, you know, there's no reason to think this team can't have a top five defense, a top five power play, top five PK, 
uh, and have like a, at least effective uh, middle six grouping. Like there's no reason not to think that a guy like Coyle and Smith can do well together, that Krejci, whether it's Postnock or DeBrusque Ritchie, that like they still can't, you know, score points that are a reasonable clip during even strength play. Like there's, you, you find out where the pieces kind of fit and like you have reason to be encouraged. It's just whether those guys all kind of get on the same page, which so far hasn't exactly been uh, a situation. You hit on a few things there. They're deeper, which is something we said going into the season on the wings, especially um, on defense. You know, obviously you lost Char, you lost Krug, but you know, McAvoy has been able to sort of blossom in a sense without Char next to him, having to make up for some of his, uh, you know, his foot speed and things like that, having a guy like Lozon next to him. So I think if you want to make a real run at the, at the cup, it hinges on guys like Lozon, Zaboral holding up on the third pairing, uh, Nick Ritchie continuing to finish chances in front of the net on the power play, Craig Smith scoring a little bit more, Charlie Coyle scoring more, DeBrusque, Frederick, them putting up more numbers. Which all just hits on you need more secondary scoring. That, that like that that is really that's what wins Stanley Cups. People kind of forget a lot of times that like you can have the greatest first line in the world, but it doesn't matter if your second and third lines they, are not they, producing. They would not go to the Stanley Cup, I, I don't think. Or at least it would have been a hell of a lot hotter road if you didn't have the coil line playing like it was during you those couple of rounds. They would have lost to Columbus. So yeah. like that that's the thing, and I think that that is you know you're right. The signs are in place that you know. Sometime soon, these guys are going to start scoring more goals. Craig Smith, Charlie Coyle, um, hopefully DeBrusque. Uh, you know, again, it, that's been a little different. That's been a little tougher uh, to see. I mean, he scored uh, in, against the Rangers, and they called it off. Right. So I guess there's that. Uh, but uh, you're going to need to see more from him. But I think another big thing, to, and I, as I mentioned, they're, they're tougher. They seem tougher. They seem more, you know, willing to, to go. And I think maybe it's a little more hatred with these teams because the rivalries, because uh, you're playing these teams so much in such a short amount of time. But they, they look, they don't look to be getting tossed around as much, um, as they, as they did in past years. And maybe that's because, you know, smaller guys aren't in the lineup as much. Um, and you have bigger guys going in, but still, uh, and you're right. I think they absolutely have to make a, a you know a deal at the deadline for a, a left shot defenseman. I think you have to do that. Um, you know, maybe add another forward as well. You know, because you don't know what the deal with Kasha is. Even if Kasha comes back and scores ten points in fourteen games, uh, the injuries are still an issue. Like you still don't know what the deal is with that. So, I think that they need they need more. Um, but overall. I do think that this might be the best all around built team right now in a season uh, with Cassidy at the helm. I do. I, I think that there is a legitimate chance that, that that's the case. And that was not something I expected saying going into the season. I mean, there was like legitimate talk, like, are they going to make the playoffs? I remember after the first podcast we did of the, se- of the season after the devils and the Islanders game, we were like, are they good? Or are they, yeah. like, is this team terrible? They might, they might never score a five on five goal the entire yes. year. Might never, but yes, I, I do think ultimately that this is a very well-built team. And it's funny at the beginning of the season, you know, we both said we had them in second. I think there's a legitimate chance they do finish in first, um, just given the rest of the division and given how well they're playing. But again, they have to keep it up, and you also need that secondary scoring, which, uh, as we le- I've learned in, in past seasons, can be quite pesky. Another thing that I just remember talking about this: Par Lindholm is going back to Sweden. I think we should mention that as well. So uh, the Par era in Boston is over. Unfortunately, it was uh, not on par with how I thought it would end. Ooh, that was terrible. Sorry. I, pre- I appreciate the efforts, but... I tried. I know. I it's, tried. The effort, it's the effort that counts, right? By the way, a nice thing to see was Stephen Camper back in... Uh, was that his first practice on Monday? I think it was, wasn't it? 
I want to say so. Yeah. They had a couple of like the taxi squad guys. They're like McKegg was up there, bleed a few guys. But I think that was the first time I recall seeing Camphor, which is good. Because he left at the beginning of the season for a family emergency. Um, and now is seems to be back. So that's a guy, again, you can plug in and, you know, you know, you're, you know what you're getting out of him. And as long as it's just nice to see him back. Uh, yeah, back in the in the lineup. Good guy, great, great, great guy. And it's it's also encouraging the fact that I think even with the amount of injuries you're dealing with on the blue line, they've done pretty well. Like again, for this team that going into the year we were worried about the depth of their defense, especially the starters. Like Clifton's filled in pretty well, uh, playing the game that you expect. And I mean, I thought Moore was fine. Like like again, I think people are always Suck. worried. Yeah, like Bush like, with the shoe when you yeah, when you say John Moore played well. Then um, boom. Yeah, exactly. It's like Nick Ritchie when he was good at the start of the year, and we'd be like, we're not Ritchie fans, but he had to like, had a, had a qualifier to anything he said. But no, he was good on Saturday. I mean, when you're playing with 5D, I think he ended up skating. I think he was like 23, 45 of ice time. So he had, he had a bunch of shifts, but we saw it out there. So again, for an area that I think we were all worried about, even the seventh or eighth guys brought into the lineup were holding their own. So it's encouraging to see. And again, Campers probably the ninth guy right now, but when Stephen Camper was in the lineup, like it, he was solid in what, what, you know, what he brings you. So. Yeah. And, and that's the thing again, like there's been no need for uh, guys to sit on defense, like except for maintenance games or nights off. Like there hasn't been a real need to like pull a guy out. Like they'd never be like, Oh, Saboral is liability. You can't nice. let him in the lineup. Like he's, they've been, they've been fine. They've been, they've been, they've been totally fine. So uh, credit to them. I mean, they, they've shut all us up. So. Um, good for them, I guess. Uh, before we go, Connor, is there anything that uh, that the people should look out for? Yeah, we're going to be breaking down, obviously, the the decision to split up that top line. We'll be looking at, you know, how it impacts DeBrusque, how Krejci and Pasternak uh, have looked over the years, which might surprise you. They look pretty good. So I think there's some uh, reason for optimism there. Um, obviously, we've got a couple of days off, so we'll be working on a couple of features and some more uh, deep dive stuff. We did a deep dive last week on uh, Charlie McAvoy and his potential candidacy for the Norris Trophy, which he's building a pretty strong case so far through the first quarter of the year. So uh, we'll have a whole bunch of other fun projects we'll be dropping pretty soon. So subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. You mentioned the McAvoy thing. I think that's a topic we'll use for future episodes. Uh, and another interesting thing, the biggest trade of the week in Boston Actually, was Brian Robb uh, from BSJ to Mass Live for John Corrales. People, uh, that was the was biggest like, trade the, of, the, the, of the, the month. The deal is one for one. <laughs> one was, for it one. Was, it was like it was like a Bob McKenzie tweet. Yes, just boom. It was like Shea Weber for uh, for PK Subban. Exactly. Uh, but you can look forward to uh, to John Corrales over at BSJ as well. Um, and that is it. That is all the Bruins for the week. Uh, for Bruins Beat, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have an amazing rest of your week. 